Shake Shack. Shake Shack, I love you, but you do horrendous things to my system. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to the Packy Run Podcast. My name is your host, AJ. It's Real Sad Boy Hours, La Gambina. And this is your co-host, Dan. This is the Packy Run Podcast Award Show, Mayotte. Well, we're also going to be talking about other things as well beforehand, but uh, this is a good episode. We're, uh, we've prepared, we've taken the time, and it is... It is Packy Run time, so welcome back. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, how have you been? Bro, I am... Uh, it, it is the slow season for work. It is cold. Um, I am alone with my thoughts and <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going through it. It's, it's that winter lull for sure. Um, I wish I could say that, um, my job literally has no off season. Um, when, when one music season ends, we're literally selling tickets and picking up the phone for another season. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actively, actively looking to get back into that. So hopefully, hopefully soon I'll get some, uh, I'll be seeing some prospects. I'll be doing some new stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm chilling, you know, it, nothing, nothing's all that bad. Existence is pain, but hey, we're making our way through it. We're doing the thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm chilling down here in Nashville for uh, the foreseeable future. Um, but I'm having, I've been, I've been talking to some people, been having some conversations about where to go and what to do. Uh, maybe, maybe a vacation or something. I've, uh, I've had some requests. So, yeah, some people uh, drunkenly texting you. Hey, man, it, <laughs> those, those are the best. Those are the best kind of texts. Hey, those are get. some of the best conversations to have. You're not wrong. Um, speaking of drinking, I'm just gonna jump right into uh, to what I'm drinking tonight, which is nothing, because I have nothing in my house, and I was running late, and I'm uh. I'm in the middle of like a six day stretch with work. So not, uh, not drinking tonight. I hear that. Um, I'm still in dry January. Um, well, I, I broke dry January. Ooh. Well, Ooh. well, 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 <laughs> I broke dry January, um, in the middle of the third quarter of the Patriots Bills game. Um, uh, I think, I think I deserve a little bit of whiskey there. Emotional damage. Uh, but we'll get right into that. That's, that's, but I've been good ever since, you know, like, there you go. but I'm just drinking some water tonight. All, um, hanging everything out. in moderation, as they say. Yeah, for sure. Um, geez, that was paint watch. Yep. All right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of it all. Um, let's, so, let's do the thing. Um, so we're going to, here's the agenda for tonight. We're going to talk about music festival that has you know, been floating around on social media that you've probably seen. We're going to talk about Big Poppy and his um, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and we're also going to do a season recap and we're going to give out some awards. It's kind of like... Um, 
It's kind of like the Dundies. Oh, no. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yes. Uh, except maybe not as ridiculous. Like an entire an entire mess. All right. The festival that we were just, I, I was hinting at, was when we were young. And this is, talk about a festival. Um, this is insane. It's It's been, like, it's been really interesting to watch it kind of all unfold. Um we got, you know, we got an initial announcement about it being a one day festival with like 60 something bands on like just absolute, absolute insanity. Um, headlined by Paramore and My Chemical Romance. And then, I mean, A Day to Remember, Acceptance, Dance Gavin Dance, like every, every scene band that was the least bit popular like 10 or 15 years ago is on this thing, including some, including some, uh, reunions. I think I saw boy, uh, boys like girls on there. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. there's a, there's so many bands on this. And I think my first initial reaction to this was like, Oh my God, this is so insane. Like this is so cool. Blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, the rose tinted glasses, as they say, um, I was like, this is so cool. I think the next day I was like, wait a second. Like the industry in part of my brain was like, how are they going to pull this off? Um, I saw a lot of people online being weary because it's like run by Live Nation, which I mean. So is everything. I, well, I think they're weary because of the the whole Travis Scott um, Astro World fiasco. And I mean, rightfully so. That could happen at any concert or any festival um, without the proper planning. And I mean, like Live Nation plans a lot of concerts. They plan a lot of festivals. So um, I'm not willing to lose faith in them just because of that. Um, but yeah, I was like 60 bands. There's three stages all in one day. Like, And the price for this is ridiculous. It's like $250 for GA. And I mean, like how many bands were, what were like the most bands that played on like a single day of Warp Tour? I think, I think Warp Tour was actually more bands, but there were also like Warp Tour would have like 10 or 12 stages. Right. And if you went to like, if you went to a single day of Warp Tour, you would have to, you know, you had to plan it out. Like when they opened the doors, they'd have the big inflatable thing where they'd show you all the set times and who was playing on what stage. Um, so you'd kind of have to figure out how you were going to ping pong across the places. Um, so that's that's the one thing that got me to be skeptical when it got announced was it was that first like rose tinted like oh my god like I wasn't every I wasn't thinking about it I was like oh my god this is great blah 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 and then I was like wait a second like the next day I was like I looked at it again I'm like you know it'd be one thing if this was a weekend like I think that would be really cool um but yeah I mean they one day three stages I don't know how they're gonna do it I don't think this is a scam um I know a lot of people have been going out there and saying that this is such a scam. I'm not in that camp. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking on from afar, just like, okay, like I'm going to see how this plays out. Yeah. And so since it got announced, they have added two additional days. So it's the same lineup for three straight days. So the people that were looking at the, the, that initial announcement and going like, how the hell are you supposed to see like even half of not even half of these bands in a single day. I don't think that's, I don't think it's that big of a worry. 
It's just the the logistics of doing this across three stages. Like that math doesn't really check out for me, but it's also not like there are people that are treating this like it's some sort of conspiracy. And I don't think it's that. No, it's um, definitely not that. I I heard one theory or one um, thing that they were planning on doing and it was like um, they were having rotating stages. So like when one band is on, they'll have one band backstage setting up their stuff and then like rotate it when they get on. Like, I mean, that sounds like a logistical nightmare, but like if, as, that's, if that's how they're going to do it, I could, I guess I could see that happening. But as somebody who was like set up shows and like has seen that whole process, like setting up, I mean, like I did a fall fest at the University of New Haven. And I mean, like, sure, that's small potatoes. Like that's tiny. But, but even that is... even that was like a shit ton of work. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Yeah. Um, if there's any chance, <laughs> if there's any chance of us going, I would love to go see. I'd love to go see those bands like that entire day. That, that entire lineup is just insane. And it's really funny. Um, that announcement got me to log back into my chorus.fm account Been talking to people about it. Like, it's really funny how this thing, like all of these bands and this kind of scene that like we were made fun of for like liking that kind of stuff. That was like, that was like super nerdy and not popular at all. And now it's gotten to a point where that show is, I mean, if it, if it goes, if it goes on and if it works, that's those are multiple multi-million dollar days. Yeah, for sure. And those bands are going to make those bands are going to make good money. The promoters, like the venues, the like it's going to be huge and that's so crazy to think that all of these bands that were all like grassroots touring in vans kind of bands are now popular enough to warrant something like this. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool to, um, I mean, like this is literally marketed to late 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, um, which is crazy to think about. The, o- the only conspiracy here is the conspiracy of Live Nation wanting me to break my back. Yes, that is probably the only conspiracy in Live this. Nation wants you to mosh even though you're too old to mosh. Yep, but... So it's really, it's really, it's really the hospitals who are benefiting from this thing. For sure. Um, well, hopefully it, it works out. And um, if I'm able to go, if we're able to go, even better. That'd be really cool. That is... I would, I would love to be there. Um, I've been to Las Vegas once. I was like 16. So going there as a, as an elder millennial sounds like a, sounds like a good time. I'm, I like the idea. Yes. All right. Um, big Boston news. This happened. Huge Boston news. This happened. What was it? Last night or two nights ago? Uh, I believe it was two nights ago. Yes. Um. So David Ortiz, Big Poppy, is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um. Which I think if if I had to be honest, going into um the ballot for the baseball hall of fame because i always i always check in on it i always like to see like who's on the ballot and who is uh potentially going to be in the hall of fame this year i wouldn't have picked him to be a first ballot because he basically he was a designated hitter his whole career he had some steroid stuff um which was a little inconclusive and it's a little sketchy um not as bad as manny or a rod for sure but you know tip of the cap to uh david ortiz 
Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it pretty actively in the uh, Roger is a Clown Discord server. Shout out to all the friends. Um, and yeah, I think I think it makes I think it makes sense that he's there. Um, I mean, he deserves to be there. I just didn't think it would happen this year. I would have I would have expected oh maybe next year. And also, I think what's crazy is the fact that he's the only person on the ballot to get in. He's not a veteran. Like I mean, there's going to be other people that get in to the Hall of Fame this year. It's going to be all veterans committee guys. But he was actually voted by the uh, the voter the baseball writers association yeah and i think i think he got i think he gets in just on i mean just the name recognition i mean you have he's not he's not just a he doesn't feel like just like a red Sox legend you know like anybody who pays attention to baseball knows like big poppy right yeah so i think i think that's probably part of the reason why he gets why he got bumped up and you know makes his way in on the first ballot is just the name recognition alone is just how it, the writers associate the writers association probably sits back and goes like well how can he not be in when that's probably one of the biggest stars in the past however many years of the league right i mean baseball writers are kind of they're bad um like very uh, yeah that's that's like a very diplomatic way to say it um like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, even Sammy Sosa or any of those guys like Mark McGuire, they should all be in the Hall of Fame. I hate A-Rod more than any athlete in the entire world. Like I and I think most of Boston would agree with that sentiment. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. I hate him, but got to got to say I I can't it. Like Yeah, you got to, you know, you got to put the credit where the credit is due. Yeah. Um so some of David Ortiz's accolades, he is a 10-time All-Star, three-time World Series champ, World Series MVP, he's a home run derby champ, seven-time Silver Slugger and ALCS MVP. And and he has 541 home runs, batted 286 throughout his whole career, uh, 100 and 700, 1,768 RBIs. I mean, he's a legend. An absolute machine. And, you know, his, I mean, his post-Boston bobbing speech in the middle of Fenway, drop, dropping F-bombs on live TV because he's David fucking Ortiz. Yep. Um, His moments in the 2004 ALCS when we beat the curse, like, those are memories I will always remember. His walk-off home run in um, the ALCS in 2013, putting us over the Tigers. Yep. You know, I'll always cherish everything that he has done. And who knows, maybe I'll be there for the introduction. I was there when uh, Wade Boggs was inducted into Cooperstown. Dang. So I'd like to I'd like to get back to Cooperstown. I went when I was really young with my dad and we spent a couple of days out there. There's Cooperstown Cooperstown is a cool little town. I wanna I wanna see what it's been like in the fifteen or so years since I went. For sure. And what can you say? He is, I love David Ortiz. He was my second favorite player growing up. I forget who your first was. My first was Manny Ramirez. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was, he was really the person that got me into baseball. Um, and man, that one, two punch in that lineup of David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez. Forget about it. Oh my God. That's, that's forget about it. Oh, I like one of my favorite games growing up was, um, MVP baseball. 
and I would spend hours and hours and hours just playing as the Red Sox, hitting with David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez. That's cherished childhood memories. Yep. <laughs> I love I love those computer games. Well, this was like PS2. Was it really? Yeah. Dang. Back in the day, the wired controller is the whole deal. Yeah, you had to blow on the um, little memory card. Yup. I remember it well. Oh, uh, well, congrats to David Ortiz. Hopefully, I mean, Barry Bonds is off the ballot. Roger Clemens is off the ballot. Hopefully, they will become veteran uh, committee guys. Kurt Schilling didn't get voted in, but he also... Sucks as a person. Well, it's not only that he sucks as a person. He said blatantly last year, like, don't vote for me. Like, I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame. And like, it was making fun of the writers. And it's like, okay, you can't make fun of the writers. They're going to be voting you in. As petty, I think the writers should vote him in just for what he did. Yeah. But like... Uh, they're so petty. Ugh. Yeah, there's there's a reason why baseball is falling off while, you know, most of the other sports seem to be either cruising along or just continuing to gain popularity. Yeah, for sure. But that has, that's not just the writers, that has a lot to do with the game itself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I only go to a baseball game, I, I only watch baseball when I'm at a game. Yeah, I can only really watch it when I'm at a game or, you know, we've said it a couple of times, you know, if it's if it's playoff baseball and the Red Sox are there, I'm I'm glued to it. But man, it's just like it's a commitment to try and make it through a baseball season. It is like that is that is a level of commitment that I do not possess. Yeah, no, me either. Um, We're not going to get into it. Maybe for another yeah. day, we'll get into more of a, a baseball constructed conversation and how to maybe make it better. But as of right now. Cheers to you, Big Poppy. Cheers to you, Mr. Ortiz. Forever, forever my poppy. <laughs> um, another blip of Boston news is the Mighty Mighty Bostones had broken up after 40 years. Bro, 40, 40 years of being a ska band and being a successful ska band. That's not easy. And no, they just, it, there was no, there was no ceremony about it. There was no, you know, we've had a couple of, we've had a couple of band breakups, but yeah, there was no ceremony about the whole thing. They literally just posted today on their Facebook. They were like, Hey guys, we've been a band for 40 years. Thanks for paying attention to us, but uh, we're done. I mean, how old are some of the members? They got to be pushing 50. I mean, uh, give me one second. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> so so some of the members of the Bostones are pushing 60, but I mean that's insane to me that they lasted so long as a band. That is crazy. I mean, hopefully they I mean, I think they'll come back. I have to imagine I mean at some point maybe unless there's unless there's some sort of something going on that we don't know about. Like I I have a hard time thinking that they won't come back. Yeah. Um but it is a that is a loss for the city of Boston, considering the fact that Bostones would always do hometown throwdown uh, there on Lansdowne Street, like three straight nights of ska music across from Fenway. Yeah, well, so that's that's an L. That's a severe bummer. F's in the chat. And <laughs> can we get an F in the chat for the Bostones? <laughs> All right. The, the skanking, the skanking, the skank will forever kings. be remembered. Skank kings. Skank kings. Let's talk about. Well, we saw a crazy weekend of games, the divisional round. Yes, we did. Oh, my God. Which, unfortunately, the Patriots weren't in. But, God, the games, every game was a must-watch. And I was on the edge of my seat at, at every, the very end. 
Every game. All it was four games of just like they were all mind blowing. They were great matchups. There were great moments. It was just an insane amount of football. And they saved the best one for last, arguably. They re- I mean they really did. If they knew they knew what they were doing scheduling that one. If the NFL is rigged, thank you. Yeah, it's just you know if it's scripted. If the, if the NFL is scripted, they've you know what? Disney Disney needs to hire those guys like now it was the uh i watched i watched the uh i actively watched the um the buccaneers game against the rams and i mean it was three quarters of you know a pretty typical game tom wasn't tom brady was not playing his best you know the rams are an insane group of just talent and that was you know that was entertaining enough to watch and then the last quarter of that game just blew the doors wide open yeah that final that 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 big old mike evans touchdown late in the fourth quarter i was uh i had met up with a couple of friends before we were going to go to a show um and my friend and i were just sitting there glued to it i decided to go to the bathroom and i i went to walk around the corner and they had a tv right there and i just saw brady through an absolute dime and the entire bar heard me go holy shit (laughs) i like (laughs) i mean the rams just kept making mistakes in that game like they had them by the throat and they just kept fumbling it i mean they are um what was it um acres he was was, he had at least two fumbles in that game not looking particularly great should have just gave it to the hot hand of sony michelle but um san francisco green bay down to a field goal down to a field goal and like it was brutal to watch um special teams really killed the green bay packers that day with the like let me see there was a block field goal a block punt that turned into a touchdown um when san francisco got down to got down the field to score the last field goal they only had 10 players on the field yeah uh, and like and it was it was painful watching Jimmy Garoppolo in that game like he's he's got a thumb issue a shoulder issue like he was not he was not looking great for almost all of that game and still the 49ers managed to pull one over on Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay that was uh, that was a great game yeah Cincinnati and Tennessee I don't think I think everyone going into this week didn't really believe in Tennessee um, as like true contenders, even though they are in the number one seed. Yeah. And Cincinnati almost, they almost blew it at the end, but Ryan Tannehill is not the right guy for yep. Tennessee from what it shows. And that's what I, that's what I kept saying. Cause I was watching it. I was watching it with people at work that are big fans of the th- of flaming thumbtacks. And uh, yeah, the entire time it was like, man, Tannehill is not like, he's not good. Like he's not an elite quarterback and you guys gotta stop pretending like he is. He's mediocre. He's okay. Like, but Derrick Henry is the reason why that team is what makes that team go. And Derrick Henry, I mean, he was okay, but he didn't have the game that we were all expecting. I mean, he was yeah, only, he wasn't. I mean, there was still rust there. And I mean, they sacked Joe Burrow nine times and they still couldn't uh make it over the top. No, they couldn't make it over the top. Um <laughs> Man, I I really want Cincinnati to beat 
uh, Kansas City. I'd love to see Joe Burrow win one. I would, you know, I I appreciate the Bengals. I like I like the way that they're playing and the way that they just they kept it coming against Tennessee. It was that was a super fun game to watch. Buffalo, Kansas City. What a fucking fireworks show! That fourth quarter. That's probably one of the best playoff games I've ever seen. It might be the best one. It might. It. I think it might be one of the best that I've ever seen. It might be the best non-Super Bowl game that I've seen ever. Like that every single part of that game was incredible to watch and it's just like that those are the two best teams in the league right now and it's kind of a shame that they're in they're both in the AFC because that game should have been a Super Bowl yeah it should have been especially with the photo finish I mean name name another two teams where 13 seconds on the clock is enough that's too much time how is how is 13 13 seconds is not too much time for anything like except for Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen what the hell like I remember like we were going through the discord like chat the whole time and like I, I think Buffalo scored with two minutes left and I was like that's too much time for Patrick Mahomes and literally 30 seconds later touchdown yep and then I was like uh-oh Pat they gave Josh Allen too much time and what does he do went down and score straight down the field straight down the field and I was like there's no way that this might be the game but like what I was convinced it was game well what what you know it wasn't I mean the difference between what we saw in the Dallas Cowboys game versus the um like this game like Dallas didn't have any timeouts with 40 seconds left and meanwhile Kansas City had all three timeouts I mean you have Patrick Mahomes that can literally throw it down the field 60 yards he didn't have to do that but like I guess it just proves you when you have that man you have you just have a shot even with the like that little time left yeah and oh my just every every part of that last quarter into overtime was just like that that was the most entertaining game of the season for sure and should overtime rules be changed i agree it was a little bit anticlimactic ending the game yeah it is a little bit it is a little bit weird to just have it you know when you have teams that are duking it out especially in that kind of fashion the idea that the idea that you don't get to see them both actually compete you know only whoever wins the coin toss turns around and goes and scores and that's game that doesn't you know not only is that not only is that not not only is that not super entertaining it just like that doesn't seem fair that doesn't seem to be like in the competitive spirit yeah i agree with that so going into this weekend we have kansas city versus cincinnati we have san francisco versus los angeles who do we want to win um i really want i really want cincinnati to pull it out over kansas city um patrick mahomes is the greatest player in the nfl right now there's no question kansas city might be uh, honest to God, I think Buffalo is the better team overall, but Kansas City, Kansas City is right up there. Like they might be tied for best team in the NFL right now. Um, but I don't, uh, I don't want Kansas City to win. I want to, I want to see Joe Burrow go out there and just open fire. Um, and then San Francisco versus Las Vegas. I think, I think Vegas pulls it out because we don't, there's no Vegas playing. And who the hell is it? Los Angeles. No, the Vegas is out. Oh my God. I'm, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah. I, th- I think the Ram, I think the Rams just run straight over the 49ers just due to the fact that, you know, 
the 49ers aren't 49ers haven't been great and Jimmy Garoppolo has been better than better than most people give him credit for but he's not if he's banged up right now like he's not in any kind of elite conversation I, I think the I think the Rams have their way with them I hope it's a Cincinnati Rams Super Bowl I think that would be but I I also wouldn't mind Kansas City versus the Rams I just want the most I I want an entertaining Super Bowl yeah at the end and of I the day as much as I as much as I don't want to see Mahomes there for a third straight year. Um, Kansas City versus the Rams, I think, is objectively the most entertaining kind of outcome there. I mean, that's what the NFL wants. The NFL wants that. Oh, they want that bad. They want that. Um, they want they want that real bad. Um, we'll see. We'll we'll have to see on on Sunday. One. I wonder who's in the writers' room working on this right now. Just imagine it's like Pete Davidson, and it's just a bunch of like fart jokes that he's oh, writing. No. <laughs> I don't like that idea at all, Dan. All right. You see, we've been avoiding talking about this game. Um, that's why I, I started talking about last week's. Uh, it's We weren't even supposed to talk about the divisional games. That wasn't on the schedule, but we've just been avoiding talking about the Patriots and Bills game. I don't want to. I don't want to. Let's put it this way. We had no shot in that game. Um, we did not have a... We didn't even have a snowball's chance in hell. That I, I... You know what? I didn't say it at the time, and I was very weary about saying it on the record on this podcast, but I thought this was going to be a blowout. I just... I. I had a feeling it was going to be a blowout. I didn't want There's, to. I didn't want to curse the Patriots in that way. But I, I, in the back of my head, I'm like, this is going to be a blowout. Well, I did curse the Patriots because if those of you that remember our episode just before that game, I stated on the record that I had been growing a season beard, and even though the season wasn't over, I trimmed it. So I take full responsibility for screwing up our chances at getting a little bit deeper into the playoffs. Um, but in reality. We just, we didn't, we didn't measure up. We haven't been, we were not, we were not the same team that we were a couple of months ago. Just the, there was no gas in the tank. Yeah. And I mean, when a team scores, like Buffalo didn't punt at all this game. They didn't turn it over at all. It was the perfect, the perfect offensive game ever. Every time they went down, they scored. You can't, like, you're not going to win that game. Yeah, they were we had no answers. And it's... Like it was a it was a real bummer to watch and it was really frustrating to sit there and to realize that the season was coming to an end. Um and I mean our you, our chat was blowing up. Um there were lots of hot takes dished out that I'm not gonna air out on this show, but like this team is they're a good team, but they are what who we thought as to quote Dennis Green, they are who we thought they were. Yeah. And I think I think they're more than we thought they were. The fact the fact that they like this team exceeded expectations. And I think that's the I think that's the one silver lining in that really, really difficult loss is we knew this going in. We knew that we were a fringe playoff team at the beginning of the season, if that. And, you know, they they got hot for a minute there. And I think that really I think that really kind of inflated our ideas of what they were. And did, welcome to football. But the fact that we even made it to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback and with a team that looked 
very different from last year that's uh, that's a win and that's something that that's something that the patriots can build on and hopefully hopefully next year we advance even further and i think there's a good chance that we've got like a we've got a lot of new blood on this team that is going to just get better after spending a season in this system and under bill belichick so i think we're i think we're gearing up for better things it's just you know right now you got to put in the work and sometimes the work just sucks yeah i mean there's a lot of like i think one of the things that killed this game i mean we were driving down the field in our first drive and that mac first interception was really that was the beginning of the end of this game that just that deflated that deflated i think a lot of the players and coaches and like you can't you can't you can't be showing that kind of weakness against a team like buffalo where they're just going to exploit that and you're going to end up paying big time for it yeah i mean buffalo has our number right now it is what it is um we'll but bounce. again there's a we'll bounce back <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of reasons for hope there's a lot of things that can happen in an off season um again this this time last year it was this time last year like nobody knew what the hell was going to happen nobody had everybody was really down on the patriots including patriots fans and between between then and now you know they were still a factor in the afc where we've got a young quarterback who is showing all the right signs showing more than the right signs and we've got a pretty decent we've got a pretty decent core of personnel there that just need to take it to the next level like it's going to be okay yeah we're going to be fine um and i'm interested to see what this offseason holds um you know like there's going to be a lot of interesting moves for this offseason which i think we're not going to get into this week. I think we will get into in the next coming weeks because I have a couple concerns coming up, but we're celebrating today. We're celebrating the success of this season. Yep, cuz we're back. We have we have a winning season. We were in we were in the playoffs kind of. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and yeah, we're we're better than we thought we were, just not as great as we wanted to be for sure with that all being said let's get into our award show cue the music we need yes. we need some like award music to uh to hype it some, up we'll get we'll get something in there all right welcome to the first annual packy runs packy run pod awards show where we're basically celebrating and not celebrating <laughs> in some cases in some cases um the Patriots season. Shall we start off with our first award here? Uh our first our first award. Our first we award. We are uh this is we're, we're ready. This is um the Nikhil Harry Award. And this is the description for this award is the player who we had high hopes for, but has turned into a massive disappointment. <laughs> um and I think this for the first ever Pack Your Run Podcast Awards goes to the namesake Nikhil Harry who not just previous years but has but this year also has looked like a dramatic disappointment yeah, the, he was he was a swing and a miss um, and I think another candidate for this award um, would be Jawan Williams he's another been massive disappointment but I think Nikhil Harry is far more you know he's far more um I don't want to say influential, but I I would say uh, prominent. 
Yeah. You know, prominent, definitely. Pro- a prominent disappointment. Um, I think one of his highlights of this year of just how much of a disappointment he was, it was the Buffalo, the second Buffalo game where it was six targets, two catches for 15 yards. He had a couple drops that game and also missed some blocking assignments. And I think that game particularly, and sure, that's a small sample size and there are some other games that we can pick apart, but that's the epitome of him. And I think I think he also deserves to have this award named after him. Um, with the way that he started the season, this is a this is a first round draft pick who has been a non factor on this team for three straight seasons. He's just been bad. He never looks like he knows what he's doing. He's had a couple of clutch catches that don't do anything to really change people's mind about him. And then he starts the season by requesting a trade. Nikhil, no one no one wants you. Go catch some footballs, my guy. You're a wide receiver in the National Football League and you can't receive. Who who do you and your agent think is going to look at you and look at your tape and go, "Oh, we need that guy." Like I'm that just sh- that shows like a hubris that is just, man, you you deserve you deserve this award for being terrible. Now, I promise we're not going to be this is probably the most negative that we're going to be for the rest of this award show. Um it is funny that we talk about how excited we are about this and then just immediately dive into, "Hey, by the way, Nikhil Harry, you kind of suck." <laughs> it's all jokes. I mean, we have I'm sure Nikhil Harry is a nice guy in real life, but Oh, I I I believe it. But as far as the impact that he has made for the Patriots this season, you've been awarded a Pack Your Run Pod award for this year. So, uh, well done. And we need some congratulations. Claps. We need some congratulations claps. to the winner. Yeah, we need a golf just just golf claps just golf claps for Nikhil so this next award um it's the best new addition so we had a couple different uh players in the running for this award we had Mac Jones Christian Barmore who is a defensive tackle rookie Hunter Henry the tight end Matthew Judon who is outside linebacker um Edge threat and the final um, nominee is Ramondre Stevenson. I think a uh, while we're at it too, a a special shout out to Mr. Kendrick Bourne, uh, who should probably be on this list as well. Um, but yeah, the those are our nominees, and I think the I think the award has to go to Matthew Judon, um, despite the fact that you know the last third of the season he looked a little lethargic he didn't he wasn't he wasn't feasting on quarterbacks the way that he was earlier in the season um but just the overall impact that he had on this team and the way that like we the fans kind of looked at him as one of the poster boys for like oh my god the patriots are back um he really he carried he carried a lot of that kind of spirit for a lot of the season um and you know you don't you don't always get that from you don't always get that from a from somebody who's played in other places yeah some of his stats this year 60 total tackles 12 and a half sacks 14 tackles for loss i mean he really he i mean he has doubled the amount of more than double the amount of sacks of the next person on the team he was he was awesome he was a great addition and i thought he was going to be the best addition that we had for this team going into this season i was excited to have him because i was like oh man finally someone to get after the quarterback yeah 
I think we need some more of that, but I think Matthew Judon, clearly our best pass rusher this year, and uh, well done. And now now that he has a year, kind of like we were saying earlier, now that he has a year in the system, there's a good chance that we get another another kind of pass rush talent, and that, you know, that room starts to become a little bit tighter and a little bit better, and, you know, as long as he's not taking his foot off the gas, um, which I think can probably be pretty easily, you know, ascribed to a COVID diagnosis during the season right you know that's when he started to that's when he started to look like he was a little bit lost but i think i think next year we're gonna continue to see some big things from him yeah and as long as he doesn't have any stupid penalties like in the dolphins game you know we're gonna be good yeah best rookie i mean we have three different candidates for this it's Mac Jones, Christian Barmore, and Ramadre Stevenson. I think all three make a really good case. All three of them do make a really good case. Um, I think starting starting with just start uh, starting with Ramondre. I mean, four four and a half over four and a half yards per carry. Uh, he averaged about fifty yards a game, just over fifty yards. Six hundred and six rushing yards with five touchdowns, and you know he did he didn't end up missing five games and had two fumbles but you know that's that's rookie kind of crap and you know it, running back running backs and the patriots they're that's a hard job uh so for a rookie to come in and or a rookie to come in and do what he did and become an impact player like that that's nothing to scoff at no of course um, not christian barmore i mean line linemen are not uh they're not usually given their due i don't think never um and especially especially new blood you know it's kind of easy to it that's one of the easier kind of positions to look at and start casting blame and it can become a little bit it can become a little bit tedious watching watching that kind of play uh and we didn't get a lot of that out of out of barmore um and I mean, he, just, uh, I, he had one and a half sacks, 46 tackles. We had three tackles for loss, nine quarterback hits. So, I mean, yeah, you want the you want the players to sack the quarterback, but I think it's impressive to also have like the quarterback hits as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, just uh, for for a new guy to come in and become an impact player like that is pretty big. But the award has to go to Mac Jones. Absolutely. Um, just for the kind of impact that he had on this team. Um, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, uh, 300, 3,801 yards passing with a 92.5 uh, quarterback rating. Those aren't terrible. Those are those are better than what you would expect for rookie numbers. And he he came in, he won the spot, and the majority of this season, he looked like he had been doing it for years. He was he he didn't have a lot of he didn't have a ton of rookie mistakes. He did have some, but the fact that we took a a, a losing team last year, put in a new kid under center and made it to the playoffs is I mean that's better that's better than anybody could hope for yeah he he was by far the best I mean maybe Davis Mills gives him a run for his money but I from the Texans but as far as quarterback from his draft class with the most success this year I mean Mac Jones pretty successful <laughs> no no questions no questions there and I'm excited to see what he can do next year um and hopefully I mean I I would love to see him 
take a huge step forward next year. I would I would be surprised if he doesn't. I think I think as long as we as long as we maybe give him another weapon, you know, get the get the defense kind of back in line, um I think he is I think he is set up for success and we're going to see we're going to see some really great things out of him next year and hopefully for years after. Yes. So our next award, the Troy Brown Award, and Troy Brown is an old Patriots player. Um, mostly known as a wide receiver, but he also was a great punt returner. And late in his career, he also played cornerback as well. He was the do-it-all player. And this award goes to the player that kind of did it all. So we had two nominees. We had Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. And I mean, they're both similar in the same way. I mean, they both had those trick plays of they would, Mac would toss the ball to them and then they would toss the ball to like another wide receiver. Those were very fun trick plays to watch. They always are. Yeah. Uh, And Jacoby Myers not only has been doing it this year, but he's done it in past years and he is the winner this year. Jacoby Myers, you win the Troy Brown Award. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, the law offices of Jacoby and Myers, man, they, he was a, he was a bright spot for us last year. It's so, it's fun to watch him play. Um, And the way that he's just a, he's a workhorse receiver. He, you know, he's got that, he's got that Troy Brown kind of grit. He, he does what he's asked to do and he operates really well with whatever his assignment is. Um, And, you know, he looks, he also looks a little bit like a Julian Edelman type of player where he can just be Mr. Dependable. Um, And I think we're going to see even more out of him if we can manage to get kind of a bigger over the top receiver talent. You know, I think that opens up, I think that opens up Jacoby for even more opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he's going into this off season as a free agent. Hopefully we're able to, he has to be a, a, a definite resign for this year. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think we can, I don't think we can really get away with not having him. He has, he's a must have. Yeah. All right. Moving along, we have the step up award and this is an award given to a player who was on the team last year. Um, Maybe they showed glimpses, but this year they really showed what kind of player that they could be and made a great impact and helped us win a lot of games this year. We had four nominees. Uh, we had Nick Folk, uh, who's on the list less because he didn't, it's not because he didn't have an impact, um, but I think I think the name, the Step Up Award, there's, there's something to be said for a guy that played this entire season with an injury uh, and still managed to, still managed to do his job and be just Mr. Reliable. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, how many straight kicks did he have in a row that he made? I don't remember. I mean, it feels like he didn't make, he didn't miss a single kick this year. Very rarely. Yeah. He very, he very rarely kind of whiffs and you know, it's, it's nice that the Patriots just continue to have fantastic kicking talent. You love to see it. Yeah. I mean, that just proves how good our, uh, our special teams coaching is. Next up, next on the, uh, on the list is JC Jackson. Um, Mr. Interception. There's not, you don't, it doesn't take a lot of explanation. The kid just, he hunts. He just hunts for those. He's fantastic. Um, I mean, last year he did have nine interceptions. This year he had eight, but he also, he, he also had uh, more pass deflections as well. He's not just a ball hawk. He got 23 pass deflections and he's, he is one of the best cornerbacks in this league. Maybe the best. He's up there at least. 
Yeah. And hopefully the Patriots resign him in the offseason. He he's another one where it's like, man, he's probably he's probably looking to make some money, but I would be I would be disappointed if he doesn't if he doesn't end up sticking with the Pats. Um next up on the list is Kyle Duggar, who similar situation, just a just goes out and makes plays. A workhorse for this team. Yeah. He he kind of filled that void with Patrick Chung. Um I think Patrick Chung we really missed him. Uh, he is a yeah. very impactful player. Um, and he just, man, every single week it felt like he was making plays out there. Yep. He, uh, like I said, just an absolute workhorse of a player. Um, but the award has to go to Mr. Damian Harris. No question. I mean, 929 yards, 4.6 per carry, 61.9 per game with 15 touchdowns, like rushing, then, oh, I guess he didn't catch a receiving touchdown, but 15 touchdowns this year. He he started 15 games as opposed to last year. He started only 10. He earned he earned that kind of main back position. He, that's that's the one. He, he deserves it. And he, he proved last year, like, yeah, we can get rid of Sody Michelle. And I think going into this year, it was like, you know what? I think we're good without Sony Michelle. Like, I think Damian Harris got this. Like, he can do yeah. it. And he proved the expectations. Like, he lived up to those expectations that we set high for him. Yep. And he stepped up. I wouldn't expect 15 touchdowns from him, but he was great. Let Dame cook. Let him cook. All right. Comeback player of the year. This is a big one. So one that goes to a player who, I mean, either was gone last year who because of injury or maybe they didn't play as well but like this year they bounced back in a huge way the nominees for comeback player of the year and the nominees are um we had brandon bolden who opted out for covid last year um and 41 41 receptions on 49 targets that's that's accuracy right there. That's it's awesome. Um, in addition to 21 receiving first downs, which you know we we struggled a little bit trying to get those. Um, so again, you've you've heard it through this entire thing. Like we really we really kind of value a workhorse player. Um, yeah, he he had a great season. Um, speaking of people that had a great season, we've got a tight end on the list. We've got Hunter Henry because the tight end position was a non-factor since Gronk left for this team. And just the way that like the things that Hunter Henny did for this team, I don't know what, what what much he how much he did for the Chargers, but I mean I think comeback player as a whole just the the tight end group. Yeah, and he was I mean, he was money and he was one of Max's favorite targets and he showed up, he he knew his position, he knew his assignment and he just went out and performed and that was Man, that was that was fun. It was fun to watch him. It was fun to see tight ends back in the conversation. Um, next up, we've got your man, Mr. Jawan Bentley. Yes, Jawan Bentley, who I think for a little bit last year, you were kind of questioning. I think some people were questioning his spot on the roster and how much of a player that he could be. I mean, last year he played in 13 games and didn't, I mean, he didn't really make an impact for this team. We struggled with him, but this year he really 
stepped up. I mean, 109 tackles, uh, five tackles for loss, five quarterback hits. He, he had two pat downs, three forced fumbles, which that's really what he did. I mean, he didn't have a single forced fumble up to his career, and he had one sack as well. So he is a strong candidate for the comeback player of the year. But, but. I think there was a player that we missed way more last year. Um, and just his presence alone really um, really helped this team. That was Dante Hightower. It's it's well deserved. He boom, we needed we needed Boom Tower. We needed we needed that gas and he provided. I would say he's a little he was a little gas this year, but I think just his overall presence and his leadership for this team and telling people to be in the right spot, he just he did a great job. He has that he has that leadership quality that uh, with a team that looks a little different, having a guy like that is not insignificant. Um I think another honorable mention for this award is also Kyle Van Noy, who wasn't on the team last year, but he was on the team previously and made a, he, his presence was felt and he was great this year. Yeah, it was. I want to mention him as well. So he is a great candidate for this too. It's fun. It's fun watching a Patriots defense be fun. It's but uh, but yeah, congratulations to Dante Hightower, the comeback player of the year. Yes. Our next award, Coach of the Year. And I think, obviously, Bill Belichick would win this award if we really wanted to go this route. But I think we really want to go by the position coaches, who position groups really, they were just well coached this whole year. It's the, you know, it's still some of the best coaching staff in football and Belichick gets, Belichick gets all the credit and all the attention as the mastermind of the thing. And that's probably deserved. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of other people that stick out for sure. Um, so Belichick, obviously a nominee. Um, Josh McDaniels is there. I mean, we love to hate the guy. <laughs> But you can't you can't argue with 462 points, which is sixth in the league, um, second most rushing touchdowns in the league, 48 percent of the time, eighth in rushing yards. I mean, we were great. And doing that doing that with a rookie quarterback is no easy task. So credit where credit is due to Mr. Josh McDaniels. Um, also, also up for this award was Gerard Mayo, who is the linebackers coach and also currently a candidate for the Houston Texans. Hopefully, he stays. Yeah, um, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to deal with that organization if I were him. I wouldn't want to deal with that either. But he did a great job coaching up the linebackers and like inside linebackers. Um, you know, it's a perfect fit, especially since he is former linebacker for the Patriots. True. And then we have our winner for this year, the different Belichick. Nepotism. Steve Belichick. Yep. I mean, one could say that he wins just for the faces alone. Um, but the f the fact that he was basically the de facto defensive coordinator and we had the kind of successes that we did have on defense for most of the year, that's that's huge. Yeah. And it's it's deserved. If it's not, you know, I know I know Bill again gets a lot of the credit for this and he's probably the best defensive minded coach in the league but you know a little bit of nepotism goes a long way apparently so yes it does so congratulations Stephen Bilicek you've won a Packy award now next up play of the year 
Um, you know, there's the thing about this team is there's not a lot of flashy plays. We had a couple runbacks, like uh, interception runbacks. There's one by J.C. Jackson that I can remember um, against the Carolina Panthers. There was another one that he did against the Jets. Those were two fantastic plays. We have a couple other. We have two others that are written down, though. The first being uh, Jacoby Myers' first touchdown, um, which is absolutely just absolute madness he just uh, the amount of work that this guy has put in the amount the amount of yards just that he has provided for this team through the air to go that long without a touchdown like i think every everybody who pays attention to the patriots was celebrating when he finally caught it and that like that that was a that was a great feeling that was really cool to watch him pull that off yeah that's that's one of the most memorable plays from this year but the most memorable play the best play of this season was that 64 young that 64 yard run by Damian Harris against Buffalo that was great um, just took off and did not stop it was the best play there's just no yeah there's no questioning it it that yeah, it that was the most hype that we had this entire season it just it was fun to watch we were riding high on that on the team at that point it just yeah that was that was that was a nice uh a nice little boost of serotonin that we all needed yeah and i mean we ended up winning that game with mac only throwing three passes which was three passes which is hilarious wild hilarious so congratulations i guess damian harris is a double winner for for tonight wow our so, first double winner so congrats uh damian harris for winning a packy <laughs> now next uh next up tj Connolly award this is the second award in the show that is named after a particular person um this one is probably a little bit less known um but an, imp an important part of the staff um the tj Connolly award is given to a member of the patriots staff or the gillette stadium staff who has just like an overall positive impact on the fan experience whether you're watching at home or if you're at the game itself like somebody who just kind of raises the mood gets the energy going um i think in previous years you probably could have made you know you could have made the effort that someone like a julian edelman or tom you know when tom brady when they would get really hyped up um and kind of get the crowd into it and get the team going and stuff. It's that kind of deal. Um, we had three nominations. Uh, the first one was Matthew Judon. Um, you see a bunch of clips of the guy, you know, playing catch with fans in the stands at every game. Um, always had some great one-liners during his uh, during his press conferences, stuff like that. Just a like a a positive force. Um, the next up, we have another name that we've mentioned before, Steve Belichick, just because of the faces. Every time they cut to him, he had, he had something going on. He had the tongue out. He was intense and weird looking and it, it, just memeable. And that's some of the stuff that makes football fun to watch. Yes. But the winner of the award is its namesake, TJ Connolly. Um, if you follow him on Twitter, he's at Senator John. Um, he takes requests 
he he DJs at the stadium and he also DJs for Fenway Park and the Garden. He he's whip smart. He's got a bunch of little clips from different songs and tries to like anticipate situations in the game where he can play certain things. Um, you've definitely seen his work when the entire stadium starts singing "Living on a Prayer" or. Um, your love by the outfield like the guy just the guy just keeps it entertaining and if you pay enough attention during the broadcasts you can hear the songs that he's playing and there's always some cool dark horse kind of stuff he's great he's so fun to listen to um he really adds to the fan experience and just the overall vibes of the stadium yeah and you know that contrib- that contributes to a winning season i think yeah for sure so congratulations tj connolly you've won a packy award um next up we got the rest in peace award and i think it sounds a little morbid just a little. Uh, but it's awarded to a player who's no longer on the team, um, who was a major contributor either on or off the field. And we have two nominees for this award. The first the first nominee is uh, Mr. Cam Newton, our quarterback for one season. Um, but, you know, in a, in a post-Tom Brady world, the announcement of his signing got us all hyped up. His play was fine um you know he is what he is but again his his demeanor his ability to really kind of i think he maybe not with his play but with the way that he was he just kind of filled the shoes that tom brady kind of left and he did it with a lot of grace and was just fun to watch the guy play yeah he was he was a joy to watch and it's nice to see i mean he was playing in carolina this year hopefully uh we get to see him some more here yeah he's just he he's a fun he's a fun player and he just he he lightens up the room you know those those uh those zoom press conferences were kind of painful to watch everybody in front of the ipad or whatever and he always had he always had something that just it was fun yeah i think another honorable mention for this award is also stefan gilmore was traded mid-season and I, i mean the guy was a beast i mean defensive player of the year he was arguably one of our best players that we've had the past couple of years. And he, you know, he was chasing, he was chasing that money, I think. And, you know, guys got to do what a guy's got to do. But I think you're right. I think um, it would have been, it would have been kind of cool to see what our defense would have been able to pull off with him still here. But alas, that is not the case. Yeah. And I know he's a free agent this year and hopefully um, good luck to wherever he ends up and plays. Agreed. But the winner of the Rest in Peace Award goes to Julian Edelman. It just doesn't feel right to watch him be a broadcaster. No, it doesn't. Um, but I understand it. And he has some interesting insight. I like I like hearing him talk about football. I, I completely agree. Um, but, you know, on on the field, he was he was the embodiment of Patriots football for a couple of years there. Super Bowl MVP, insane catches, the golden the golden flashes. We were talking about, you know, wide receivers making the uh throwing thrown for touchdowns, him to Danny Amendola. Never gonna forget that ever. He's just just a gritty do it all player. And we've got we've got some kids on this team with potential, but I don't think anybody is I don't think anybody's really gonna be Julian Edelman for this team 
anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, just his attitude, his press conferences, his play on the field, he was he was everything. He was a true patriot, and I, I think we definitely missed... I, I would love to see a prime uh, Edelman on this team, because that would be great. It would have helped. It, it would have helped a it lot. definitely would have helped. Uh, so, rest, rest in peace, Julian Edelman. <laughs> 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 you've won you've won an award for not being a player anymore yes now to transition this is an award this upcoming award our tribute award goes to a player who potentially may not be on the team next year um whether it be through free agency or uh retirement and we got a, a couple guys on this list who are pretty old who we may not see next year and i think um we're gonna give each of them a due because i think they all deserve it well, let's start with uh a man who we've already talked about a couple of times on this show uh jc jackson right i he is he's 26 in- years old and i was looking at his projected salary for next year or what he is potentially going to get for free agency i mean it's a good number it's five years a hundred million that's what he is projected to be offered i'd say uh that's quite the commitment and one that we have seen belichick avoid multiple times but i mean jc jackson is a really good talent and i hope we do end up re-signing him i think he is the number one priority this offseason uh, yeah, I think I was seeing that they might just throw the franchise tag on him and then continue to work it out. I I don't know. I'd like I'd like to see him continue to wear a Patriots uniform. Yes. Um, but I think he is more likely to come back to the Patriots than some of our other candidates. True. Um our next candidate is Matthew Slater, who was and he has been the pillar of consistency on special teams. Um, he is 36 years old, and this is his last. Um, he is a free agent as of right. I mean, as of March, 10-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champ, and just a, a presence, a presence in the locker room, like an elder statesman kind of guy. I think you know he is very, very similar. They actually used to be, <laughs> and they were roommates. Um, he was roommates with Julian Edelman too, and just cut from the same cloth. Those kind of like just they embody they embody what the Patriots are all about. And man, you would be you'd be sad to see him go, but can't you can't argue with the success he had on the team. Can't fault him. The next candidate we have James White, who is in a similar situation. He is 29 years old. He's had quite a bit of injuries the last couple of years, and this is also the last year of his deal. Um. 29 is old for running back. And I mean, especially with all the injuries he's had the past two years, there might be a chance that he ends up walking away. Yeah. And I don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd be terribly sad about it. Just considering the fact that we've got, we've got great backs right now where, you know, it might be, it might be a situation where James White is just kind of excess goods. Um, but very, again, very similar, just a, a, a workhorse, a workhorse kind of guy. And you love, you love the, you love the things that he was able to do with us. I mean, he made the biggest impact in the, that Super Bowl against the Falcons, the twenty-eight to three. Um, yep, he just took off, and we thank him for we thank him for his years of service. Yeah, he was fantastic. He's you know he is this this decade's uh, Kevin Falk. Yep, and he plays to that role, and he played it to the best of his ability. He was great. Next up, Devin McCourty. And there's there's a trend with this. Yep. 
35 years old, heading into next year, and there are some talks that he might be looking to retire. It's also his last year on the deal. And he's he's been with he's been with the Patriots his entire career, correct? Yeah, he's been with us his whole career. Oh, um, just a all of these guys are lifers. Yeah, they are. This is the kind of guy that's been a staple, been a staple of our defense. He's been a staple of the team. And, you know, him and his brother do so much for community kind of outreach. Um, yeah, just a, a a staple of that locker room and it would be sad to see him go um but you know i think i'd rather watch him retire and do something else than deal him away or something so i think it would be a great um i could see him coaching yeah definitely i could i think with that with that amount of experience and that kind of like smart playmaking that he's always kind of had yeah i can see him i can see him on the sidelines and also he was a great leader for all the younger guys in that that secondary um just a great mentor and if he ends up retiring and hanging it up at the end of this year i wish him well god bless him god bless him final candidate we have dante hightower last year of his deal as well and he is also 31 years old you know we've gotten we've got an aging defense and some of these guys are starting to kind of phase out again a, a workhorse guy playmaker it was assignment did the thing that he needed to do you would hate to not have boom tower around but it's it's got to make his money and we've got to make decisions and keep an eye on the cap and like him a lot absolutely and i think there is some possibility of him coming back next year on a lower deal um i think he'll be flexible i think he'll give a hometown discount and i hope he retires as a patriot i wholeheartedly agree those are our nominees who is our winner our winner this year well we have co-winners our first co-winner is Matthew Slater. As we mentioned earlier, 36 years old, and, I mean, a consistent special teamer for this team. Yep. He Just an, import, an important contributor in what is up there as one of the most important team, you know, one of the most important parts of any team. You have to have, you have to have the special teamers on lock in order to build championship teams, and three rings does not lie. No, it doesn't lie. Um, our another co-winner is Devin McCourty, 35 years old and man what a career he had with the patriots a lifer lifer all these guys are lifers hopefully and yep. so we have devin mccourty and matthew slater both winning this award congrats you've just won a packy and also like shout out to all those guys as well because all of those guys have made huge impacts yeah and we've seen them all win super bowls and it's been fun to watch a pleasure so, so after this heartfelt award we have our last award and it is one nominee and it's a silly award and is who can shotgun a beer the quickest and this was suggested by in our the discord server that we have mentioned it's who can shotgun the a beer the fat the quickest answer and the winner is david, david andrews, andrews at a bruins game because that was what that that really kind of eased the sting of being out of the playoffs so early um seeing david andrews and mac jones like a whole group of them were all hanging out in a booth at the garden watching the bruins and david andrews just stood up and he he downed that thing and you love you love to see the team coming together sticking around each other and that it, that was just so much fun so david andrews has to get an award for that for sure all right that wraps up our first ever award show let us know what you think about our 
selections. We miss anyone? I'm sure there will be opinions. Yeah, I'm sure there will be opinions as well. Um, I think this has been a long uh, episode, and I think we can skip out on some recommendations this week. Uh, the only recommendation is uh, watch some football this weekend. Watch some football this weekend, eat some good food, see some people, hang out with some people. Uh, yeah. Check us out on our social media. It's Pack Your Run Pod on both uh, Twitter and Instagram. And um, we'll talk to you guys next week. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye.